Hi guys, welcome back to the Bridging Pacific podcast. Sorry about the long hiatus, but we're back now with another episode with our guest co-host, Jenny, and our guest today, Bailey. Hi everyone, my name is Bailey. I am a UX designer based in Seattle, Washington, and I um, am from Portland. Um, on my free time, I like to play tennis, and uh, I've been trying out different recipes now that I don't live at home anymore and um i like to go on runs so that's like my one of my favorite forms of um exercising so yeah it's just a little bit about me i really like taking photos as well and traveling um you know when when i'm able to um yeah the run is a huge flex bailey like people run for fun (laughs) i i just realized i don't know i i I mean, I don't run the whole time, right? Like, I, like, still, like, walk sometimes. Oh. Like, I don't <laughs> – I'm not, like, that hardcore. But I, I feel like a lot of people – but I think, like, I used to think that if I wanted to run, I'd have to run the whole time. And that intimidated me a lot. So I feel like I had to create my own, like, definition of what running meant to me <laughs> and, like, my own relationship with it. Yeah. And that's what made me like get really into it now because I'm like, yeah, I can like, like, no one's telling me that I can't walk for like, like a couple minutes. Like, that's fine. Like, <laughs> just do what you need to do, you know? So, <laughs> so I feel like, yeah, that's been fun. But it's, it kind of sucks now because it's like hella rainy over yeah. here. Um, so I can't do it as often. And I don't really like running on the treadmill. So, <laughs> yeah. Did you live in Seattle, like, all throughout COVID? No. So I'm actually based in – or actually, I'm actually from Portland, Oregon. And I grew up there. Then I went to school in Tacoma, Washington, which is about an hour south of Seattle. Um, And I visited Seattle pretty often when I was in college. So I knew that Seattle was a place that I wanted to be. And it turned out that a lot of my college friends that I met outside of call, like outside of my own campus, uh, relocated here for um, jobs as well. So I think it just worked out really well um, in terms of like having a community here. So, (laughs) so yeah, I really like the city and I think I'll be staying here for a while. Yeah, honestly, community is really, really important. I've mm-hmm. struggled with that now since, like, you know, grew up in the East Coast, went to college in the East Coast, and now I'm working um, in SoCal. So mm-hmm. definitely, it's very important. Yeah, that's that's a pretty big change for you. You're literally going from coast to coast. So, um, yeah, that's tough. <laughs> that's, yeah, I feel like that's we're good, yeah. on, like, two opposite spectrums, but mm-hmm. I guess – You know, like, how has that been, you know, with your social life in Seattle? I would say it's been a lot better now. One of the reasons why I did decide to move move out was because I felt like I was pretty stagnant back home in terms of even career development and my social life there. A lot of my friends back home, they're my college friends. I mean, sorry, they're my high school friends, but we don't hang out as often as I would like to. And sometimes planning um, planning different activities to do takes a while just because our schedules don't, um, our schedules like overlap too much. So um, it's just been or it, it was a bit difficult to spend time with them. And um, when we did, I feel, 
I feel like I only saw like got to see them like once a month maybe or two twice a month um and for me I'm a pretty extroverted person I like talking and seeing people like even if I'm in the like even if we're doing nothing and we're just in the same room hanging out or doing our own things like I'd rather do that than just like be alone <laughs> like all the time so um I think being at home and and like we didn't have our own spaces because we all lived at home so it wasn't like oh like I can go over to your place and hang out or you know like someone can host like there we didn't have any of that so I think just like the more like logistic logistical part of hanging out wasn't as feasible as it is now in Seattle so a lot of my friends here like we all have our own places and I feel like since I live in the city there's actually more um, things to do and things are close by Um, I can just like walk to a bar if I wanted to or walk to like a restaurant or something if I wanted to and I would be able to do that back home Um, and yeah, just being able to spend time with friends has been really helpful because I get to see my friends at least once a week. So, so yeah, as opposed to like twice a month or something. Yeah, thank goodness for that. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, exactly. And I think it, like Seattle right now, like a lot of, there's a lot of just like young working adults. So I feel like we're all kind of in the similar stages of our life. Mm-hmm. Um, and back home, I feel like that's more like a rest stop for like my friends and even for myself. Um at one point, right? And we were all home because we're just kind of here to like figure out what our next step is. It's not really like we're here because we like really want to be here or anything like that. Um, So yeah. And one of my friends, he, one of my close like high school friends, he went, he recently moved out and like went to med, is going to med school in Virginia. So I feel like, and I know one of my other friends is going to be moving to New York soon for her job. So I feel like we're all slowly like leaving the nest, right? <laughs> um, so I yeah. feel like um, it's it's nice to kind of have had my, I guess, like young adult life started like in the city that I want to be in with the people that I want um, to be with and have a chance to grow those relationships. Um, yeah. Got it. So... I mean, speaking of relationships, how, how's your, uh, how's your love life, Bailey? <laughs> um, so I actually recently, um, got in a relationship, I think three weeks ago. Yeah. So I met this guy on Clubhouse. I don't know if y'all are familiar with Clubhouse, but it's basically a drop-in audio app. It's like a podcast, like an interactive podcast. It's oh. like the best way I would describe it. So there's an audience panel and then there's a or sorry, there's like a speakers panel and then there's the audience and um, the audience can raise their hand to um, speak on the like speakers panel um, or they can just listen in onto whatever the speakers are talking about. And so there was this one day where like there was just this huge like Asian networking room. (laughs) (laughs) And so that was literally like what the title of the room was. I was like, okay, like I'm Asian, cool. And like, I just woke up and then, um, and I was listening in and they, they were just pulling everyone up to like introduce themselves and like say what they wanted to say. And I was definitely not prepared for that. Um, But it almost felt like the first week of school like orientation week you know where like everyone just like they're like super nice and we all like did this following spree and so like um I noticed that 
I ended up following a lot of people from Vancouver, um, BC, and uh, it happened to be like the same group of like they were people from the same friend group since I always like saw their stories and they were like hanging out or like tagging each other. Mm. So um, they were also the ones that started the room like they were hosting the room as well, like just like a couple of friends like hosting that room. Um, And then I saw that it was this one it was this one guy's birthday and all his friends kept posting about it right (laughs) so I was like okay like I'm just gonna say happy birthday because this is fucking annoying (laughs) like it keeps showing up so I'm just like okay I'll say happy birthday right like I know it wasn't like for me to like I didn't have to say it but I was like okay I'll just say it huh can't beat him join him yeah exactly right so I did my own birthday story for him no no I didn't but I just um responded to one of his reposts on his story and I just said happy birthday and we haven't stopped talking since then <laughs> so oh, wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> I didn't intend on it to turn out this way because I um I was really going in to like make friends because you know like during that time it was still like like it was still hard to like get vaccinated, you know, like it was like still like hard to meet people. And so I thought, you know, meeting people online was another way to just like be like, just talk to people. (laughs) So, so I just couldn't like, we continued the conversation and I was just really surprised because um, I feel like he was genuinely interested in like talking to me you know and like getting to know me like I felt like there were definitely points where the conversations could have stopped but he would ask questions about things that I didn't even know like you could ask about my response huh give an example I'm kind of curious hey what give an example like what question did he oh, ask like, Brandon's taking it? notes here. he's like <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm like, I'm like, we're not <laughs> it's they're they're not like unique questions or anything but it's like I'll be like I'll like say something and then he'll just pull something out of what I said and like ask about it and then it's and it's not something that I would think anyone would really ask about because it's just like a statement or something you know or like he's just be like why why like do you feel this way about this you know or like oh you know like how did this make you feel like like things like that like he really I felt like he really wanted to understand like my reasoning or um my emotions behind certain like situations so um I really enjoyed talking to him and there was this one point I think like because we were talking for like a month or two but only as friends um or at least for me I was like I like I was like intending this to be like a more of a friendship um but then there was like this one week where I was like oh um I actually like look forward to texting him and look forward to his responses so then yeah we talked about um kind of like where we're at in terms like we did a DTR which is like define the relationship um conversation and um because he expressed interest in me first, like, through text, and then I was like, okay, well, I didn't really want to be the one to say it, right, like, off the bat, so I was like, okay, like, this is, you know, going well, like, in the direction that I, like, now, now I'm hoping to go, so um, we talked about where we were at, and um, this was back in May, 
um so if a couple months ago like yeah oh, I feel like that's like almost half a year but yeah a couple months ago and um it was a bit of a tough conversation to have only because um he is based in Van- like like he's based in Vancouver and he doesn't intend on moving so it was actually a pretty funny converse well it wasn't funny but it was just like 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 it's like I get on the call and he's just like I'm gonna stay in Vancouver like I'm not moving (laughs) and I'm just like I'm just like okay like I barely even like know you that well like like I'm not trying to imply that you have to like move to America or anything or like I'm not trying to like you know, decide whether I'm going to move to Vancouver, like, on the spot or anything like that, right? So, um, we had a pretty, like, open and honest conversation, and I think that's something I also really like about him, is that he is able to create these spaces for us to talk very comfortably um, and be candid with each other. Um, I never feel like I have to hold anything back from him, and I think that's um, something that can be hard to find with people because, um, you, you know, you like, you never know what they're thinking. And sometimes they just don't create those, like open up those spaces for you. So, um, yeah. And then we just like kept talking, texting, we watch attack on Titan once a week <laughs> together. So so, yeah. <laughs> so just like finding activities for us to do and like connect. Um, I'm, I'm mostly watching it because he, he really likes it. I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of like the gore and all that stuff that happens, but the storyline is really good. So um, yeah, but I went to Vancouver or we met in real life for the first time at the end of end of September. And then I, uh, cause he came to Seattle and then I went up to Vancouver um, towards the end of October and um, he asked me out then. So yeah. Nice. And I said, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, talk about the idea of like comfort right because uh-huh. a lot of my um, female friends actually talk about how especially the ones that are more I say like Americanized they said they don't want the idea of comfort to be like the first thing that like they don't want the idea of comfort to be the basis of a relationship because mm-hmm. and it's more like a friendship and then mm-hmm. a lot of my guy friends also said like yeah like I just don't or whenever they get like quote unquote like friend zoned um, the girl boys say like oh yeah, like I see you more as a friend because our relationship was based on like the idea of comfort rather than attraction or anything else. So like, what do you think, like what, what do you, you know, from like you two girls think about this idea? Jenny, what are your thoughts? <laughs> um, Let's see, I don't know, like comfort versus attraction. Um, Let me think. I feel like, well, first, I don't know. For me, I like when I meet people, I'm not like, "Ooh, am I attracted to you?" It's more of like, "What's your energy like?" If I'm uncomfortable, actually, like, I feel like with guys, mm-hmm. I have to be comfortable around you. Like, if I'm not comfortable or t- to be myself, like, it's there's nothing. Uh, it's an antagonizing relationship already. Mm-hmm. Like, I agree. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not nothing about them. I think it's mostly my relationship with myself and my mm-hmm. self-perception. Um, you know, I think being a dancer as well, I, I'm, I often not suffer, but like, am very particular with the idea of like the gaze and being watched mm. um, and trying to, you know, just instead of like worrying about what other people are thinking, but just like being in my body, being present and, um, you know, not, not worrying or planning and 
things like that. And I think that's really helped not only just in like relationships, but also friendships as well. You know, hey, I'm just like, I'm in the moment. This connection is just try- not trying to fill any agenda or goal, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's one of the reasons why I never took dating apps seriously. I don't really like the implications of, um, or like kind of the pressures that they have of finding like a romantic partner or like meeting people just to find a roommate, like just for, for the potential of it becoming a romantic relationship. Cause I feel like that takes the comfort out of it for me. Um, I personally think that um, comfort leads to attraction for me. So I feel like um, a lot of like all the people that I've like, all the guys that I've talked to or seen, like they usually start out as friends just because that's my, that's the way that, I'm most comfortable like interacting with people um and once for me it's like okay once they've seen me like almost at my worst <laughs> you know and then they're it's like <laughs> and then they're like still interested in me then it's like okay like <laughs> like okay this is this is a good sign because I'm like comfortable being you know like I can share my lows and also like you can be there for my highs right so I feel like that's that's why I think that um you know, if they cons- if they're like consistently showing up for you, like whether you're um, in your high or in your low, um, and they're always there for you, I feel like like friends are typically those type of like the types of people who do that. Whereas if guys are or or whereas if people are just trying to like smash or something, they're not as like they don't care as much. <laughs> like they're just like okay, like whatever. Like sure, you're like just text me when you're feeling better or something. You know, so. <laughs> that's that's the that's the way that that's how I see it but I also have like I've seen that like for guys and I I think you can offer some perspective on it but I feel like for a lot of guys when they meet girls they like or um yeah or if they're meeting someone with like a romantic interest or whatever they look at their like they determine whether they are like wifey material or not like within the first couple minutes or something like you know what I mean you know what I'm talking about like yeah well I I can't speak for all dudes because Mm -hmm. um yeah I just can't but like for me at least like even though I may be physically attracted to someone I get turned off really quickly if like there's any red flags in like the behavior or personality right so like Mm -hmm. I in terms of like you can be the most attractive like person like aesthetically but then the moment I find out there's some like character defect in you then I get like I don't really care at the end of the day because mm-hmm. looks will fade like at like because I think long term right because looks will always fade but then mm-hmm. your personality will I if it's not like a core about like a core defect and like I don't really care because everyone changes and I do believe in like growth mindset slash like if you're intro- introspective enough you can always like strive to be a better version of yourself mm-hmm. but um I do know like a lot of guys tend to put like way looks above a lot of stuff like that's why they make a lot of excuses to themselves or mm-hmm. that's why like when in like a very heteronormative like way they get into relationships and then after like, a couple months the girl will always say like oh you've changed mm-hmm. it's not so like the guys change is more so like they feel comfortable enough to like let down their veil and to show you who they really are that's why mm-hmm. i do think friendship is always the best because one, like, the guy and girl aren't trying to get something out of it, but, like, it's very mm-hmm. chronic and mutual. 
And then you also know what they're like, even like you said, at their lows. Like if let's say how this person handles stress, like do they take out other people? Like how do they handle like dispute, conflict? Like are they very emotional? Like even if they're emotional, do they, do they like say stuff that hurt you like to like to the core and all these little things like I'm very observant of. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I, yeah, I can see that with them. Um... I don't know. I, I'm just going to interject. I feel like, Bailey, you might, like, realize with this. I feel like this being a, a young woman in your, like, 20s, like, we're, we're like, we got, we got our pick, honestly. <laughs> like, like, all you have to do is be there and, like, the guys just, well, guys or girls just come flocking. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know, like, what do you have to offer, sir? <laughs> like, I need to know who you are. What's your family trauma? What's your, like, what are you working on? Like, I need to know your emotional pattern. What's your yeah. style? Yeah, like, lay it all out for me, or, like, like at least they have an understanding themselves, right, of, like, what type of person they are, and how they want to, like, yeah, just, like, what type of person they are, what they need to learn, what they need to unlearn, like, everything like that. I think it's just important for some, like, a guy to be, like, like, self-reflective and, like, introspective about themselves, yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that your partner seems like they, even if it's at a distance, they can make you feel safe and accepted and, you know, prompt you in interesting ways. Yeah, yeah, for sure. How would you say that you, your, not your relationship, but you in this relationship, that Bailey, how is that different than the Bailey in previous relationships or singlehood? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't think it's that different. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm still who I am. I mean, now that we're officially dating, I feel like I can be more, um, like, affectionate with him just because, um, like, now we're, like, oh, like, we're actually dating. Because before, like, the talking stage can be kind of, like, iffy. And I also realized, like, not a lot of people go through the talking stage. I literally I told someone, I was like, hey, like, I – am like talking to this guy and it's been like six months and they're like what what do you mean talking I'm like you know like the talking stage and they're like no <laughs> no just just no yeah yeah they're they're like what is that I'm like you know like before you date you talk for a bit <laughs> oh whoa. this is interesting wait what are your opinions on like the talking stage because I heard like for some people talking stage could also just be like you talk to multiple people and also like hook up with multiple people until like you settle down after Right, but that's also what some people think dating is too, which is really interesting mm-hmm. because people have like different definitions for each of those um, right. like stages, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for me, the talking stage is like when you're see, for me, I think it's like when you're exclusively talking to someone, but I know it's not that in most cases because when people say I'm talking to this person or I'm talking to that person, I feel like most of the time they're referring to like the the like eligible bachelors or bachelorettes out there, you know, like just the different um, candidates. And um, for me, it's like, oh, like it's like more exclusive. So if I say I'm talking to someone, it's more like, oh, this is like a, this has like a potential of becoming a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the way I, I would define talking stage for me, but I know it varies. What, what are your thoughts on that? the both of you 
Hmm. Brandon, you want to, I, I don't know if I have an answer right now. You want to go first? Um, I think I'm more so like on the line with Bailey's perspective, like talking like exclusively to one person and then seeing where it goes. But also like, I've never dated multiple people at the same time. Like, I don't know how, because this is a very American way of dating, right? Like you go on like dates with different people and like you, it's kind of like a multiple choice question. Like, and then you settle down on the one. It's kind of like, what they call it? Like, you, you go like, which one isn't? Like you like the first one. Right. Like, you like narrow down all your yeah. options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never, I always got confused whenever people are like, oh yeah, like, I'm seeing multiple people. I'm like, what do you mean see? Like, how do you, <laughs> energy? Like, because when I, because like, I, I do a lot of different stuff. So if I put, if I'm talking to someone, I put a lot of, not a lot of energy, but I'm putting in like a very valuable part of myself into that mm-hmm. internet. So mm-hmm. I, and I know that my time is limited, so I don't usually just spend energy on any or everybody. So I don't know how people just like, oh yeah, like I, we're like, we're casual with each other. or like, oh, I'm talking like four or five people. I'm like, what the fuck? Do you have a job? Like how the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah, what the- I have projects to do. Like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm just so confused by like, where did people find time out of their ass to like see like six, seven people at the same time? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, you're like, do you have like 25 hours or 26 right. hours in your day or something? <laughs> like, we are not sharing the same <laughs> amount of time or energy. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think that's one of the reasons why it, it like dating apps, another reason why dating apps turn me off. I swear I don't like hate dating apps or anything. <laughs> like, I sound so boomer, but <laughs> but like, that's that's like, it's like you just like, go on these dates and you repeat your life story so many times right and I think there could be a lot of interesting conversations that come out of it or stories that you can tell your friends but other than that I feel like nowadays it's a way for people to just like meet different people and like some of them end up being coming friends or you know like it's just like kind of an excuse like get out there you know Mm -hmm. like um, but yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I don't know how people have that time and energy, especially if they're juggling um, a lot of other responsibilities, but mad props to them for being able to do it. Like, you know, I'm sure it energizes them in some way as well. And they um, enjoy it. So yeah, but it seems it seems pretty difficult. I mean, there's I'm sure like, y'all have friends who are like oh I'm gonna be like single forever or something like that like like they're just like I don't know man it's it's tough out here but yeah, yeah. on the other hand though I do know people that put dating like them being in a relationship is like a personality trait or like for them like they are only happy when they're in a relationship which is also like really funny to me because I know people that well I know someone that hasn't been single for more than three months which to me is like really it's because for me like being single is kind of like how you learn more about yourself and like mm-hmm. your type of like attachment style and how you want to be loved because mm-hmm. I feel like if you're always with someone else you don't really understand how you want to be loved or like what your standard is so you just take like you just take like whatever trash you can get I mean I'm not saying like whatever you can get yeah rather than like having like a standard and then holding yourself up to that standard or holding other people to that standard right so go ahead sorry Jenny. also don't think it's very helpful that like um I mean in my like limited experience it seems like parents are always like oh like you know who are you dating anyone or there's like the Chinese saying like Chen jia li ye. so yeah. like 
first you create a family unit and then you establish a career. Um, so I do think there is at least traditionally an aversion to singlehood or a push at least toward um, being partnered, which mm-hmm. um, I, I'm the youngest of three. And I feel like my parents used to really be on my uh, siblings, butt about, you know, their love life. But I think at this point, they're like, you know what, you know, they're going to do what they want. So I feel like that has since shifted, at least in my family unit. Um, but not sure if that's your guys' experience as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, go ahead, Brandon. Oh, no, sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying, mm, like, I was just saying, like, you know, the old Asian guy stroke his beard. That was like my, like my stroking my beard. Oh, <laughs> is that what you were doing just now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I haven't heard of that Chinese phrase before. So I'm, I'm Cantonese, um, like Chinese Cantonese. So I don't, um, I don't speak a lot of Mandarin, but I don't know if there is a similar phrase in can- Cantonese that's like that. But I definitely feel like my mom follows it because <laughs> right. every time I go home or like every time she sees me or like just like somehow like we're just eating dinner and it just spirals into a conversation of like when I'm getting married or like <laughs> like when am I going to start a family? So I feel like there's a bit of a pressure like there's a bit of pressure for me there to um like figure out that part of my life right but for me I feel like growing up in America I want to prioritize my career first I want to be like a a more established career woman and um before like like having a family what do you think about that Jenny do you have similar experiences or yeah, I my so my mom was a stay at home mom. Like she was like an engineer, and she gave up her job to care take care of three kids. I think she also was like, "Hey, you know, when you're young, fly as high as you can." Because like mm-hmm. when you have like kids to take care of, it's definitely difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm kind of big on the like, hey, like the dude or um person that I'm I want to have a kid with definitely has to be very uh, involved and mm-hmm. um. I, I, although sometimes I'm like, damn, I'm like, my, I have so many things I want to do. I'm like, man, if I could just like pump out a baby right now when I'm like 25 and yeah. like my body's going to bounce back faster <laughs> and like my parents are still young, I'll drop a, I'll drop my little baby off with the, the grandparents and I can keep on doing my thing. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm like, that's... man, I really, uh, maybe I should like just get pregnant now, but I'm like, <laughs> that's, I think there is something to be said about like having a kid young and that way like when they grow up mm-hmm. um like or like they are an 18 year old you can be still like a younger parent and free mm-hmm. um but even there's also like a lot many things to figure out before that like do I even want to have kids um mm-hmm. which uh deeply upsets my parents and I think uh my my I think my sister my sister was also like oh maybe I'll adopt like we don't bring that up in our household anymore like mm-hmm. it's very uh, it's a very touchy subject yeah yeah do you mind sharing whether you would want to have kids or not I haven't figured that out yet like I I know like some people really are like yeah you know what I'm I really want to be a dad or I really want to be a a mom Mm -hmm. um I think I I would like be a good mom but I just don't want to pass down any like family trauma or like hey I didn't live my dreams and so you know like mm-hmm. we're gonna do this because mom or dad didn't do it and mm-hmm. 
I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I'm like on Instagram, there's always like, hey, like you know, like feeling family traumas or something like that. Uh, so <laughs> like, like before, before I have a kid, you know, I want to make sure that um, they're, I accept that they're their own person. And yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really great perspective on that just to figure out what having a kid means to you or what like what kind of um like what what you're bringing onto the kid as well like when you have that child like that's very important and um I don't know if a lot of people like in the past have thought about it as much like in the past generations just because it seems like that was just something that we're supposed to do as women you know like um Mm -hmm. just like bear children but I think as time goes on we're more self-aware and just like socially aware about what the implications like what kind of implications there are when you have a kid so yeah it's yeah I I feel like I'm also trying to figure it out but I've I I feel like I like kids a bit more now so (laughs) I feel like my relationship with that has changed a little bit but um yeah is that similar like what are your thoughts on that Brandon is that like do you want children? Yeah, you know, I want hello kids. Um, okay. I, well, no, not hello. I, like, if my resources <laughs> permit, I want like, one or two biological and then one or two adult. Because I've had this mindset since I was like in high school. Because I, um, I feel like if I can give a kid like love that they wouldn't have otherwise, mm-hmm. and if it, if it doesn't like, if I could provide them the same like quality of life that I can provide my own biological kid, like why wouldn't I? And, like, mm-hmm. I talked about my uh, talk about it with my mom, and, like, she's, like, cool with it. Um, so, it's, it's more so because, like, hello? Wait, hello? Hello? Sorry. I think you cut off for me for a second. Oh, right. Um, yeah, like, luckily my, because, like, for me, like, family means a lot. So, I want my mom to, like, love her biological grandkid as much as she loves her adopted one. So, mm-hmm. I've asked her, like, her opinion on it. And, like, she, she loves kids. So, like, I, I knew that was going to be an issue. But, yeah, like, I would want adopted and biological one. Especially, like, seeing, I don't know if you guys know who Zach King is. He does, like, I think he got big on buying. But he does, like, like basically um, really interesting, like, FX, like, um like just cgis on tiktok and vine like instagram whatever and he had talked about how his family also adopted a kid and he grew up with um like adopted little sibling and he also met someone else that was also part of like an adopted family um and they also had their own they had their own adopted kids first and then they had their own biological and i just thought that story was like really amazing and it'd be cool too like, you know, have my own adopted kiddo as well as, like, a biological kiddo. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's really cool. Your reasoning behind it, too, is nice. <laughs> I mean, I thought about, I, I knew I wanted to be, have, like, a nice, like, a well-structured, I don't know what description to use for this, like, a big family, like, growing up. Yeah. Yeah. I think big families are... Big families would be fun. <laughs> I have one younger sibling, and um, we were really close when we were younger. But now we're a bit older, and he's he's three years younger than me, so he's twenty. Um, he's we're kind of doing our own thing right now. But I feel like it kind of will come back at some point once yeah. we're both in the same stages of life again. So mm-hmm. yeah, but I think it'd be fun to have a big family. <laughs> I feel like yeah. there's always something going on. Yeah, and just nice, like, because of the fact that I do think humans at the end of the day are very social creatures, like, even if you're introverted, 
they still need energy from other people. Like, it's nice knowing that if someone, like, if you need help, someone is there and then vice versa. Because how I define, like, friends and family is, like, it's not the friends that, or it's not people that you can enjoy life with, but it's more so if some like, if shit were, were to go down, like, who do you, who can you really call on? And, mm -hmm. like, I don't think a lot of people have that many, like, quote, unquote, like, friends and family to, like, to do so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah like defining those types of relationships and like figuring out who's really there for you yeah. like in the moments that you really need I think that's that's something I've always or I've come to reflect on more it's like are my friendships um like just general friendships throughout um my life and yeah. I just learn like, or, well, I guess I'm still learning, but I think during the pandemic, I just kind of had, like, this reflection, or I, I kind of, like, sat down with myself, and I was like, what what do I look for in a friend? Like, what does a friend mean to me? Or, like, you know, like, who, what does, like, an important person in my life look like, stand for? Like, what can I learn from them? And I feel like that helps you, like, decide how you want to spend your time as well, because you don't want to spend a lot of your time with people who don't give you positive right. energy or like the the right type of energy that you need or you feel comforted or safe by. Um, I think something that I learned is uh, really like take a look at how you feel after you meet someone. Like how did that interaction make you feel? Mm -hmm. um, like whether that drained you or if that actually like stimulated you and you had a really good time or you know it made you realize something about yourself or I think that's something that a lot of people don't really reflect on right. um and I think more people are, are I feel like more people are doing that now mm -hmm. but um yeah I think it's just important to see how like the initial conversations um go with someone when you spend a long a long time with them or even if you're spending like a meal or something with them like how did they make you feel um, that's actually a very interesting like I guess like awareness what do you call it? mindfulness like tactic <laughs> how did you come about like having like developed that type of mindset because I know a lot of people especially around our age is just more like mm -hmm. if I party with you like you're cool like if you're someone I can have fun with like that's mm -hmm. all I need but yeah. like they don't really put in the minds like the energy into thinking about like what happens after the fact yeah I I would say a part of it is the fact that we don't have a lot of time to like mm -hmm. spend with people now you know like if you're especially if you're working like your typical nine to five or whatever like a, a big part of your day is gone right and then after that you either see people or you re recharge and if your time is like limited like how do you want to spend that time so you're getting the most I guess like satisfaction out of it you know or like most or like you feel the best about it so I feel like it's something that I I don't really remember where I or like when I started thinking about that or where I or like who I got inspired from I feel like it was definitely like like someone on YouTube or something I, I'm like I really I watch a lot of like content creators so <laughs> I feel like it could be like one of them just like reflecting on something or like a podcast um but also like just like me realizing what 
type of friendships I have and how certain friendships made me feel. And this this took me a long time to realize, but I was in like a more toxic on and off friendship for 10 years. And I didn't realize that, like, of course, like when you're in the moment and when you're like young and like, you know, like you want to be like there for someone or like you kind of believe the words that they say. Right. So I think like coming out of that, um, later on in life, like maybe like a year or two ago, like I would say like two years ago, um, I would say that like made me really question, right? Because that's something I feel like a lot of people don't talk about are like red flags and like friendships, you know, like, or like, yeah, like other types of relationships outside of romantic ones. And I think for me, I was just like, well, I'm going to keep going back to this person because there was that cycle of like, um, you know, like when it's going really well, it's going really well. And then when it's going bad, it's going bad. Right. Mm-hmm. So you get like, kind of like, come like, kind of like, not like addicted to the feeling, but it's like, you know, like you, you like that feeling is familiar. Right. So like, so mm-hmm. like something else I think about when you're, when like, I'm in like an uncomfortable, like s- s- situation or whatever, like, is like, like, being comfortable if you're in if you're uncomfortable for too long comfort also feels uncomfortable you know what I mean like it's because you're not familiar with that feeling or you don't know it anymore you know so so you just like you just kind of stick you know like you're you kind of go with what you're used to feeling and I think that's what I did a lot of times during that friendship was I kind of held on to like how I'm like, okay, like after this, they'll like feel better or something, you know, like held on to those like negative, like those positive emotions that I got out of it rather than like really reflecting on the negative emotions that I felt from it. And I think that's why now I try to like take things less personally as well when it comes to like interactions and you know, if, if they're not making me feel great, or if I don't think I'm making them feel great, or whatever, like, just step away from it, let it sit. And then like, you know, if it's if y'all are really meant to like be friends or whatever, like, there'll be other opportunities for you to see them. So. So yeah. um, Yeah, that's kind of like, that's one of the reasons why I think I try to reflect on like, more of just like day to day interactions or like, um, new people that I meet, or something like that. Adding on to that, would you say that is something you have become aware of or or are learning to enact, not just in your friendships, but also dynamics with family and partners? Um, do you mean like reflecting on like how they make me feel or? Yeah, reflecting on it's because it sounds like one, it's reflecting on how they make you feel, but then also it's the following up of setting emotional boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say family is still like a work in progress I think for me growing up I didn't have like my parents weren't as present um as I would have liked them to be so I think now I am trying to figure out like a good way to incorporate them more into my life just because I'm so used to them not really being in my life (laughs) um so like they're they're really great people like I I love my parents and I think you know they really did what they could because we're like I'm a first generation student my parents and I am also um immigrants and you know they really had to take the time 
and build, you know, like build the home that we have now and, you know, like everything that we have now, right? Like they, they had to take the time to do that, right? But, but because of that, that meant less time to physically spend with like my brother and I, you know, and I think that's one of the reasons why we were so close growing up um, was because we, it was most, mostly just us a lot of the times. Um, And, and other relationships, like, I don't know, I feel like I'm still learning, like, what, yeah, like, I'm still learning, like, what those, like, emotional boundaries are um, for me, but I definitely have a better understanding, like, if I, like, a a huge part of it is, like, communicating, right, like, I think before, um, I would hold back a lot of, like, how I feel, and, um, like, just, just so I don't cause any, like, unnecessary, like, drama or you know make them feel bad or something like that you know so I just kind of like hold back on that but now I I think I I I really want like I really believe that if they care about you and um you know they want you to be a part of their life they will really like listen to you and like hear (laughs) um hear you out like hear how you feel and offer I wouldn't say like offer solutions or advice, but like at least try to have a deeper understanding of like how you feel and um, they'll like do something about it essentially. Or like, they'll like be like, okay, like they'll, they'll also like reflect on how they've been behaving. Um, So I feel like with emotional boundaries, I have to understand like more how to communicate those boundaries Mm -hmm. with the people around me, Um, which I feel like I've been, like pretty good at I mean I also am not someone to get like upset very easily or anything like that um so but then you know that looks different for other people like different people right so I'm usually like pretty whatever about things (laughs) so so I'm like yeah like whatever is like the easiest or you know I I feel like once if something were to happen and it does impact me emotionally a lot then I'll definitely like say something so yeah man well I, I feel like parents are always it's, it's always tough because I feel like sometimes they gave up so much and mm-hmm. it's hard to communicate or like you know there's just a lot of different boundaries like cultural generational language mm-hmm. as well so mm-hmm. that's something I'm personally working on as well yeah are you also a first generation or um I guess I, don't, I always get the definition confused my parents immigrated over I was born in the U.S. but my sister was born in China and my brother was born in the U.S. as well you're second gen so I'm sorry so I'm, yeah so I'm second gen um mm-hmm. but yeah I feel like even watching my sister because she's 12 years older than me like mm-hmm. her relationship with my parents is very different than my relationship with my parents and it's only as we get older now that we can talk and open up more about it like I I, I like I would literally give my kidneys for my siblings but also at the same time like I don't even tell them like my day-to-day stuff like I feel like it's only through Instagram now or mm-hmm. social media that like for example my brother hey Steve if you're listening to this hello 
<laughs> he probably won't be but you know like I post videos of me dancing or I make like funny posts and stuff and every time he sees it I'm like cool like that was like a that was an interaction <laughs> you know? even though like, yeah. it wasn't a, a direct one it's like hey like Google I'm, you know you're starting to see my personality because you know the last time we lived in the same household like I was 10 and you were in high school right oh, wow. mm-hmm. so I think yeah. at least in my household like closeness and intimacy is not that it's not shown through words it's shown Mm -hmm. through like time oh quality Mm -hmm. time and um like acts of service Mm -hmm. yeah 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 I that's pretty um similar to me as well I feel like it's it's definitely like time or like quality time and acts of service I feel like are kind of the ways that the like a lot of Asian parents go about showing their <laughs> their love right and I I have a, I'm just curious like how does having like the like big age gaps between your siblings like how does that impact um you and the way like that you grew up and also like the dynamics that you have with them now or like the relationships that you have with them yeah a great question podcast host <laughs> um for me uh I almost like kind of grew up as a single child because by the time that I was like 10 or 11, I was the only kid in the house. Mm -hmm. Um, And I kind of just saw them as role models as opposed to siblings where we, you know, get to share a wardrobe or talk about like, you know, Oh, like you have a crush on this person. And it's like, it's more of like, I, I think they didn't really see me too much in the day to day of like me growing into an adult. And when they were growing in into an adult, I was like a little bite. So I really didn't know them too well. Mm-hmm. But that's why I look forward to, you know, it's also one of the reasons why I wanted to move to the West Coast, um, get to know them a little bit better. I actually had like dinner for, with my brother one on one for the first time a couple months ago. Oh, wow. What was that like for you? Um, it was it was nice, actually, because. I think I was worried that like I wouldn't really have a lot to say, but mm-hmm. I think part of it is, um, like oh yeah, we we grew up in the same household, like we know our parents, and like yeah, it's it's a weird sense of like distance and closeness, which I also feel with my with my parents as well. Like, um, it's I don't know, like this untapped sense of I owe you so much and I love you so much, but I can't even verbalize it in ways because we haven't really processed what it was like to be a family you know Mm -hmm. we never really sat down as a family to be like okay like this is what happened or um you know like you know how like Asian parents or at least my parents like they never really say sorry they would just (laughs) come back in and be like you hungry yeah (laughs) you know you want food food? (laughs) um so which is why I think talking to at least my peers and be like, okay, cool. Like this is not abnormal mm-hmm. and not placing the blame on my parents and not thinking that like, you know, my non-Asian peers had it better or worse. Like, dude, I'm so lucky that my parents sacri- were willing to sacrifice so much for me. And I think mm-hmm. that certainly translates for better or worse into my own personal relationships with my friends or my partners as well. Like I have this like, sacrificial streak Mm -hmm. um which obviously there's boundaries that need to be set but yeah trying to find the middle ground I guess Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's that's really important to know what 
your like boundaries are, but also kind of you, you understand that you have this trait like for yourself and like, you're like, okay, how can I find that middle ground? So yeah. 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 That's really cool. Last question, actually, before we wrap up, I, and mm-hmm. I don't know, Brandon, if that's okay with you. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, actually, kind of want to put it in your court, Bailey. Um, I know we talked about like there's uh, like the three questions that we wanted to touch on today, and uh, was there anything you more you want to talk about, or can I just choose a particular question? You can choose. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, what does love mean to you? And how has that changed? Um, I think love means um, feeling safe and comfortable and just, I guess, like happy as a part, like happiness is a part of it too. Um, I feel like it's really hard to describe it. Like it's definitely more of a feeling um, that you get from people. So love looks different for everyone and it can come in so many different forms. Um, yeah, I think right now for me, it's, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty well loved. Like, I feel like, you know, like my family is healthy and they're home and they're, <clears throat> excuse me, they're able to visit me if they want to. Like, I, I always feel loved and supported by my parents just because they're always there for me. I feel like, um, or I guess like my family, um, and I don't know. I just feel like when, when I think of them, I just think of like warmth. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's one of the ways that I would describe their love. And I think I'm just finding love in other ways, like just like, you know, like falling in love, like my with my like daily routine or um, just understanding what kind of situations bring me like net positives <laughs> I would say is like like you know like finding what love means to me and I just feel like it's it just feels like a warm blanket around you like all the time so that's the best way that I would describe love and I feel like right now it's it's definitely like my love language is words of affirmation um and quality time so it used to be quality time but because I lived in or like a lot of my relationships um whether that be friendships or like uh romantic relationships they've all they've always been long distance so it's not as like easily accessible for me to just like you know hang out with them like grab a meal or something like it usually contains a lot of facetiming and like Mm -hmm. texting and I feel like because that like those long distance relationships have become a big part of my life words of affirmation is probably the is like the best way for me to like kind of hear that they're like thinking about me or like they're caring about me right so I mean of course like actions speak louder than words like they can't just keep saying things and like never like show it but (laughs) but like I I feel like for for you know the circum the given circumstances um of like the long distance relationship then like that's that's what like my love language is right now is words of affirmation and I don't know maybe it'll change because now I'm able to like spend a lot of time with the people I care about right and I feel like that gives me a lot of um joy and it makes me feel loved um so yeah 
Well, I mean, even with long distance, right? Like, um, you can always show love, like through like Uber Eats or like just ordering delivery. So, like, I was also like I did long distance for like two and a half years, and what we did was just like like I order stuff for her, or like it doesn't even have to be like expensive, but just like stuff that no, lets the other person know that you're thinking of them. Because idea of like, because like I wrote a paper on this. It's called like the idea of like being visible in a relationship, like. being visible is so important um especially if you think about like the um the stereotype of like a in like a straight relationship a guy and a girl like goes out or like, and then the girl does her hair or like gets her nails done or even just like gets a dress um and if the girl doesn't get noticed um by the guy like she like just it's like kind of it hurts and then i've always like got curious and then i became like kind of analytical about it and it's never about like the dress or like the nails it's always about the fact that For that, like someone put effort into something, and their effort wasn't being seen by the by the partner that they care about, which I think that's like super important, especially like especially long distance relationship where like you guys aren't physically there, so every little thing kind of matters and counts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just kind of like, what can you, like, given the circumstances, what is the best effort that you can put in, and like recognizing that from each other, um, and yeah, sometimes like it can be like, and, and I think a part of that is like when, like, you don't recognize their efforts. That's where like a lot of like issues can arise because it can look different for you, right? So I feel like setting those expectations. It's really important for sure. from like what you want out of that, what, what you want out of them in this like long distance relationship, um, at least in like, yeah. Which also, sorry, I know we're going over time, but I was like, this okay. also goes back to just, you know, being Chinese in America or, you know, just in this world, like everyone has mm -hmm. different expectations. We come from different emotional backgrounds, cultural backgrounds, and it's constantly like, resetting or realigning those expectations whether it's a yeah. family or friends and stuff it's tough yeah yeah exactly so yeah it's it's always like changing too like you're always figuring out like what your boundaries are or it's it's hard sometimes right it's like you just have to like test test it out you yeah. know <laughs> like you're like does this make me feel comfortable if you're not sure you kind of like try it out and then if it doesn't you're like okay let's not do that again <laughs> or like you're like okay let's like try something different you know like figuring that out yeah sometimes it's just like oh, why can't I just know just tell me everything <laughs> just tell me. yeah just tell me what to do I'm tired of figuring life out <laughs> there's a lot that's of a relationship. oh sorry go ahead huh? sorry no no go oh ahead. no I was like that's a lot of people don't understand like that's what relationships are good for like it's not so much as like having someone there it's more so the fact that you get to learn about yourself through that like interaction or that experience like how you want to be loved what your like boundaries are like etc mm -hmm. yeah exactly yeah you, you learn a lot from the different types of relationships you have that's that's why i find like people just very interesting because they're mm -hmm. everyone's so different and mm -hmm. there's just so much to learn about yeah. each person for sure how they work yeah where can people find you bailey Where can people find me? Oh, I am on Instagram at Bailey Chen with three N's. And that's also my handle for almost everything. So so that's like Twitter and um, Venmo. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I also have my own podcast um, called Rice and Grind, which we're going to be starting up very soon um, between me and my 
co-hosts. We've had a lot of um, different things happening. So um, um, so once we come back, like y'all would be caught up on everything that happened in between the time that we took our hiatus and now. So, yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. That concludes our first episode back since the hiatus. And don't forget to follow us at Bridging Pacific on Instagram. And don't forget to check us out at bridgingpacific.com.